2: I'm Rod Serling you're listening to the zero hour.
3: Rest your eyes.
4: Exercise your imagination. This week Kim Platt's Jim play. The Princess stakes murder. Starring Howard Duff, Julie Adams,
0: and
3: Ray Danton
4: in Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour. Mutual Broadcasting System presents The
0: Zero Hour. Sponsored in part by Chevrolet
4: and State Farm Insurance. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. This week's story takes us into the fascinating realm of horses, jockeys, big money, big passions, the racetrack. We are about to meet Max Roper, private detective and a good one. He's a man with a style. Subtlety isn't part of it.
3: He's a gut reaction operative who acts upon what he calls feelings. If given the choice, one would be better off as his friend rather than an enemy. Max Roper had a friend... A little friend, a jockey, and a good one. Some called him the best. But sometimes the best just isn't
0: good enough. Especially when you're dead. Our story, The Princess Takes Murder, begins after this word. Uh, ma'am, we're asking people what they know about different organizations.
1: Oh, good. Ask me anything about that. Uh,
0: all right. What's the ISAZP?
1: It's the International Society of Austrian Zither Players.
0: Right. Not many people know that one. Give me another. What does the Supreme Order of Federated Alliances do?
1: Oh, the same stuff as the Benevolent American Orders Associated Guild Society. I, I
0: never heard of that group.
1: I just made it up. <laughs> oh, all
0: right. Now, here's a serious one. Name two things the American Cancer Society is involved in
1: besides cancer research. Wow. There are into so many things, like educating the public to the warning signals of cancer, and professional education for doctors and nurses and dentists and service for patients.
0: Right, and lots more. And that's why the American Cancer Society needs financial support to continue its drive to wipe out cancer in our lifetime.
1: Well, I certainly support them. Good. Now, here's one for you. What's the LLTA? I give up. The League of Lady Tattoo Artists. Oh, you made that up. No, I remember. How'd you like a picture of Miller Fillmore tattooed on your elbow?
0: It's
3: taken already.
5: in the stretch, and Calamity has the lead. Uh, Humble Hilda holding back. Sister Sally moving up. It's Sister Sally and Calamity. Calamity stepping out, pulling away. Uh, it's Calamity by a
2: length. It's always nice to win, even when you bet on the favorite. It was a big win all around for Calamity, her owner, the trainer but mostly for Willie Rich, the veteran jockey, and an old friend of mine. I'd driven down to Del Mar from L.A. because of Willie, as a matter of fact. He'd called me the night before, wanted to see me. Nothing special, he'd said. I played it close, put down two bucks on him, made 80 cents. But Willie wasn't around after the race like he said he'd be. That didn't make any sense at all. So I asked Allie Regal about it. Regal used to be a top government agent. Now he was chief of Del Mar Security. Hey, Allie. Max. What's up? Hey, you're a long way from home. Well, not much. Came down to watch Willie ride. <laughs> that's worth the trip. Yeah, you see him? Saw him in the winter circle. After that? After that? Well, now, that's funny. What's funny? I don't remember seeing Willie dressing nothing. <laughs> you know these little guys, maybe got lost. Yeah. I was bugged on the drive back to L.A. and not just from the Labor Day traffic. Willie was a little guy, all right, but he walked tall and always said what he meant and he'd said he wanted to see me. I had the uneasy feeling that there was a reason for Willie not meeting me after the eighth race. Men in my line of work get those feelings sometimes. Seven o'clock the next morning, my telephone started jumping out of the cradle. Eighteen. 19. Twenty. Twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. I'll never get in shape this way. Roper here. Max, it's Ollie. Yeah. Hear from Willie? Heard from his wife. She hear from him? Saw him. He don't swim near as good as he rides. Give it to me, Ollie. Well, it seems she went for a little midnight swim in their pool. Nearly landed on him. Was he dead already? Very. Thanks, Ollie. Hang around, will you? I'm on my way. what I was told, you could hear her screaming for eight miles. I got there at 1 a.m. The track physician, Dr. Taniguchi, figures that Woolly died somewhere between 10 and 11. Let's start with the obvious. His wife giving him a hard time? <laughs> he wouldn't have killed himself over that. I can't see Penny wanting him out of the way either. He let her roam, didn't he? He was always worth more booting home than winners. Now, why would she want him dead? Yeah, maybe she wants the pool all to herself when she gets home late nights. The owner, Tyler Clayton. What can you tell me about him? Let's see. He owns Calamity and several other nags. Tough, pig-headed man. He wants what he wants when he wants it. Willie been his rider for long? About five years. Must have made Clayton a lot of money. Sure, but Clayton doesn't need it. I'll run over and see him. Maybe I'll find out what a rich guy like that really needs. Instead of going right to the Claytons, I decided to start with Willie Rich's widow, Penny. Willie's spread was at the end of a humpback dirt and gravel lane. It was expensive. Willie had booted home a lot of winners in his time and could afford the layout. The flashy little blonde at the far end of the pool, wearing very little of a strawberry bikini, looked like the most expensive bit of landscaping. She was wearing enormous sunglasses, smoking a joint. Uh, Mrs. Rich, my name is Max Rover. Maybe, uh, Willie mentioned my name. We were friends.
1: Everybody that calls says he was a friend of Willie's.
2: Well, he was a popular guy. Can you, uh, tell me anything about
1: it? What's to tell? He's dead, drowned in his own swimming pool.
2: I'm trying to find out who had it in for Willie. Who are you? Private investigator. I'm here because Willie was a friend of mine. I want to find out who knocked him off.
1: That's a crock. For all anybody knows, Willie did it himself.
2: Well, why would he do that?
1: Ask him. We didn't talk much.
2: A man doesn't kill himself just because his marriage isn't worth Why
1: it. Why don't you get lost?
2: Maybe somebody was trying to pressure them into something, you know. Maybe they were worrying him.
1: They? Who's they?
2: I was hoping you'd tell me, Mrs.
1: Rich. Go to hell and don't bother to come back.
2: I'll drop in again sometime when you're over your grief. As I approached my car, a man was just getting out of his. Husky, dark-haired, pallid, a clothes source. His features rough and crude, but not anywhere near his own real personality. We'd never been formally introduced, but I was well acquainted with his reputation. Johnny Cascio, a reliable enforcer for the mob. We brushed shoulders as he walked by, and he flipped his hand in salute. I half expected there'd be a knife in it. If he was a friend of the widow rich, he was moving in too fast for my taste. I sat in my car for a minute just thinking. Then I looked into my rearview mirror. Johnny Cassio had stopped. He was standing there,
4: watching me. We know these are times when you're rightfully concerned about the selection and use of a car. As the number one selling car in America this year, and for 37 out of the last 43 sales years, we felt we should speak up. And one of the things to be said is Chevrolet makes sense for America, especially now. We've always built our cars in response to your needs. And now, when you're asking, should I trade in my car for a smaller one, or does it make sense to continue to drive a regular-sized car, you'll find some satisfying answers by looking to your own requirements and to Chevrolet's line of cars. For the family that needs plenty of room, an Impala or a Chevy wagon offers the same kind of value that a Vega offers the person with smaller needs. And so it goes through the full line of cars and trucks. Even in light of our country's energy situation and the uncertainty that surrounds it, we're producing the cars and trucks that make sense for America. We'll
2: return to our story
4: in a moment.
6: Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. And I've been around this great country of ours enough to know how important it is to get as much education as you can while you're young. If you want to start college or vocational school, this may be your chance. The government wants to give you some money if you have financial need. Can you believe that? Well, it's true. Look into a new program called Basic Grants to see if you qualify. Hurry on over to the county agent, post office, or nearest school for more information and an application form. A basic grant Won't give you all the money you need to make it through college or vocational training, but it'll help you get on the road. It could be the most important road you'll ever walk in your entire life. And if you don't feel like walking, just write your name and address on the back of a postcard and mail it to Basic Grants, Post Office Box 84, Washington, D.C., 20044. That's Basic Grants, Post Office Box 84, Washington, D.C., 20044.
2: Rancho Santa Fe is a serene valley catering to the extreme tastes of millionaires, horse lovers who like their pictures taken in the winner's circle. Tyler C. Clayton was the millionaire I wanted to see. He stood an easy 6'5", a 6'. Went about 250. The man was a real big daddy. I liked Willie, Mr. Roper. Liked having work for me. Damn good jockey. What'll you drink? Uh, bourbon. You think, uh he drowned himself, Mr. Clayton? Hell no. Why would he do that? Big money-winning rider, good for a lot of years. Maybe you can give me a line on Willie's enemies. Enemies? He didn't have a one. Everybody liked Willie. Here you go. Thank you. Somebody didn't. Drowning a guy isn't exactly a demonstration of friendship. Sure wish I could help you. Clayton's eyes strayed past me. I turned my head and saw why. A, a woman that appeared in the open doorway. A strawberry blonde in her late 30s, quite beautiful, wearing expensive casual threads. As she acknowledged the introduction to me, she put her hand gracefully to her throat, a small gesture that triggered something in my memory.
1: Oh, dear, perhaps we should speak to Mr. Roper. Mr. Regal recommended him.
0: No, Monica, I don't think there's any need
2: to.
1: Please, Tyler. More. All
0: right, All right. if you have to, spill it.
1: Mr. Roper, we have a problem. It's Tyler's daughter, Pamela. She's been missing since yesterday.
2: I'm sorry to hear that. How old is the girl? 22. That makes her old enough.
1: Old enough for what? To leave home. She had a beauty appointment, a health spa in Poway called the Gilded Cuckoo, but she never got there. Hmm. Have you
2: notified the police? No. Any particular reason why not, Mr. Clayton? I mean... I'm sorry to hear that. How old is the girl? 22. That makes her old enough.
1: Old enough for what? To leave home. She had a beauty appointment, a health spa in Poway called the Gilded Cuckoo. But she never got there.
2: Hmm. Have you notified the police? No. Any particular reason why not, Mr. Clayton? I mean, uh, your daughter disappearing the same day Willie Rich was murdered? What are you implying? Well, I'm not trying to worry you, but that's the line the police would take. Are you suggesting that Pamela's been kidnapped? No, but, uh, well, somebody could have tried to coerce you about a horse and got even because you wouldn't give in. Just you find her and stop asking so damn many fool questions. I don't believe a damn word you're saying, and that's the last I've, I, I, I That's the last you're going to get out of me.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Roper. No, oh, sorry.
2: You have a picture of the girl, Mrs. Clayton?
1: Right over there, in the silver frame.
2: By the way, was that your mare, Sister Sally, that got beaten by Calamity, your husband's filly?
1: Calamity didn't beat her. Willie he Rich it.
2: Would you say that would be reason enough for you to kill Willie, Mrs. Clayton?
1: No, Mr. Roper, I wouldn't.
2: The gilded cuckoo in Pohoe only proved that business and narcissism was booming these out-of-town spas were good for kicking habits with drugs and booze high up on the list followed by weight and body conditioning for cosmetic vanity i was leaping through folders that listed available courses without the humdrum detail of prices when the
5: director pranced in Oh, uh, mr Roper, i'm george glendon i direct the activities of our little sanctuary now how might we help you well i like to eat drink and i sit around a lot uh, How long would it take to put me in shape? Well, that all depends on your cooperation. See, with our program, your muscles may scream and tell you that you're being tortured. But believe me, they're going to tone up. See, we believe in the brain, the body, and the soul, all stimulated and fused into creativity and love to attain the perfect body. I'll buy that, but how long does it take? Well, there's plan A. It's a 12-lesson course. Oh, we do marvelous work with ozone treatment and face vacuuming. Face vacuuming? That's what I said. Face vacuuming. Self-love, my liege, is not so vile as self-neglect. And that's Henry V. You know Shakespeare? Yes, I know. Well, why don't we look around? You'll be able to decide far easier after you've seen our facilities.
2: The look around was a revelation a fully equipped gym that didn't smell any better than my gym in Santa Monica. Mineral springs, baths, face packs, men and women hovered over by attendants, and a plastic surgery wing. Then we zeroed in on something called the Isotron Room. Through a one-way mirror, Glendon and I looked into a bare room furnished with only a long white couch and a machine called the Isotron. The man lying on the couch was stripped down to his trunks. Contact pads ran from his body to the machine, A man wearing a white coat flipped the switch, and the face of the man on the couch contorted. The pads covering his body jiggled. His arms, shoulders, back, stomach, and leg muscles went into
5: massive contractions. The man in the white coat is our isotron specialist, Dr. Savage. Well, that figures. Oh, there is no pain. No, it is the body's natural reaction.
2: Yeah, Uh, what happens if that guy in the white coat falls asleep during a session?
5: Well, uh, then we'd have a very well-developed (laughs) cause. But, of course, that that would never happen. See, it's all automatic. Now, uh, do you uh, perhaps have any questions? Yes, one. It's about Miss Pamela Clayton. Are you a friend of the Claytons? More like
2: a friend of a friend. I understand Pamela had an appointment with her hairstylist yesterday at 10.30, and she canceled out. Would you uh, know anything about it? Is this important? I'd say so. She's been missing for 24 hours. I happened to be in the neighborhood and told Mr.
5: and Mrs. Clayton I'd check it out. Well, then why don't we find out? I'd like to look at your appointment book, Miss Hill. Uh, yesterday morning, you said? Yes, about 10.30. Well, there must be some mistake. Uh, Miss Clayton wasn't scheduled for an appointment. See, at 10.30, we have a Mr. H. Massendown for Mr. K. Uh, That's Miss Clayton's usual hairdresser. Well, here, see for yourself. Well, thanks. Sorry I troubled you. No trouble at all. I don't suppose we'll be seeing you again, Mr. Roper. Oh,
2: I wouldn't say that. A lot of what I saw here interests me. I might be back sooner than you think. I stood outside as the gilded doors closed behind me that isopron machine in there, twisting and turning the human being into a shapeless mass. Whether it built muscles or not, I didn't know. But there was one thing I was sure of. It could tear a man apart.
3: We're number one. We're the largest company. And uh, you don't get to be the largest company unless you're doing a little extra for people.
0: Agent Bill Rich of Logan, Utah, explains why State Farm Mutual is the world's largest car insurer.
3: This is what the consumer feels, and you know that if a consumer feels State Farm is number one, it's got to be on two things service and price. And if you're not uh, competitive in both of these areas and do the job, uh, the customer is not going to rate them where they have. We're number one. We only got there because we were most competitive. Or I, Competitive as anyone, and because we're there to serve. Service and price. That's what car insurance value is all about. And there are two good
2: reasons to see your nearby State Farm agent now.
1: Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: The Zero Hour continues after this.
3: I'd like you to ask yourself a personal question. What do you feel when you meet a handicapped person? Pity? Admiration? Fear? Are you from the school that teaches a stiff upper lip? Try harder? Fight! Don't let anything stand in your way. Do it! Do what? Learn a skill? Go to school? Develop confidence? Self-respect? Then get turned down by a landlord who doesn't believe you'll pay the rent? by an employer who never hired the handicapped before and who isn't going to risk it now? If we don't believe in the handicapped, then how are they going to believe in themselves? Unless we recognize that they're human beings with feelings, with skills, with a sense of responsibility, and we are adding a handicap that they can't overcome. Let's stop handicapping the handicapped. This public service message brought to you on behalf of the Department of Health, Education and Welfare and the Advertising Council.
2: The sun warmed my back. Horses stomped lazily in their stalls. I was looking for Joey Zale, a jockey that had been thrown only once and that one time enough to end his career. I found Joey Zale cleaning a stall. I noticed his hands as he lit a cigarette. They were huge. Above the waist, Zale was a middleweight. Only his crippled legs were pipe stem thin. His face and body carried a twisted snarl. You, Joey Zale?
1: Yeah. What are you to Heat?
2: Private Dick. Willie Rich is a friend of mine.
1: Too bad it didn't do him any good. Can we talk? Talk.
2: Do you think Willie killed himself?
1: If he did, he could have done it right here. He didn't need no pool. He hated water. Could he swim? It's hard if somebody's holding your head under.
2: Good point, Joey. Who did it to him?
1: I heard of you, Roper. I know you are seen. Hell, if you don't know who did it to Willie, we all got trouble.
2: I need a lead, Joey. Anything. Anybody.
1: You got one already.
2: Willie's wife?
1: I don't think so. You've been to Clayton's, haven't you?
2: You mean the daughter?
1: Pam? Nah, you're cooking. Only don't ask me why, because I don't know.
2: Were they close? Willie and Pam Clayton?
1: That's your business. Find out.
2: Joey's tale was right. It was my business. I started out by trying to find the H. Masson who had Pam Clayton's 10:30 appointment at the Gilded Cuckoo. No dice, no listing, no nothing. I called the Claytons. They were out, and the Scandinavian maid told me Pam hadn't come back. I was going in a circle, so I decided to get home and start over again. When I walked into my apartment in Santa Monica, the phone was ringing. Say, I heard something about Willie and Pam Clayton. Like what? Like maybe they had a thing for each other. So I've heard. Uh, Tell me something about Mrs. Clayton. (laughs) What's to tell? A lot of money, doesn't like a stepdaughter. Yeah, something else, Allie. I got the strangest feeling I know her. (laughs) Of course you do. It's Monica Moore. Pretty big movie star 15 years ago. Mostly B-pictures. Her career went down the drain. Men, mostly. A lot of booze, maybe some drugs. Uh, a few bad marriages. Thanks, Sally. Uh, let me know if you get a lead on Pam Clayton, will you? Yeah, I was going to ask you to do the same. After I hung up, I called on a theatrical agent pal of mine, Sid Pinter. Asked him what he could tell me about Monica Moore. I struck gold. He had a complete file on her. A stack of old 8 by 10 publicity stills. She's been out of pictures a long time, Sid. How come you have these photos? Me? I'm a string saver. I, I save junk memories. Oh, I this picture. Who's the guy with it? Oh, that's uh, Johnny Hunter, her first husband. Family-owned part of Texas and half of Wyoming. Here, here's number two, the cowboy star, Rex Lennox. Oh, yeah. I'm... Yeah, that didn't last long. Uh, and this is number three, the hotel man. You know, Chilson, Charles Chilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, She got a big bundle from him. And this is number four, muscles. Lance Kite, former Mister America, Mister Universe. I suppose that one didn't last long either. Nah, all he had was his muscle flexing act.
5: Well, after him, it was all downhill for Monica. She quit show business, got into religion instead—astral and cosmic magnetism. You should excuse the expression. I'm trying to think of a guy's name. Let's uh, see, it was Chuck Charnick. Yeah, Lewis Charnick, he gave public lectures, helped you find the miracle in your life.
2: You know, that kind of nonsense. Monica Moore joined up with Charnick? Well, it was more like she backed him. Uh, You know, a lot of people take that stuff seriously. Anyway, uh, that's about all I know. I, I haven't heard a word from or about her since. She's in Clover, said. Big oil man, number five, Tyler Clayton. Oh, well, I'm glad. She was a beautiful kid. They racked her up good in this town. You know, the scandal nearly ruined her. What scandal? Her first husband killed himself. Johnny Hunter? Yeah. Sleeping pills, overdosed. Uh, is this uh, China character still operating? I see his name in the paper time to time. <laughs> Thanks, Sid. See you around. Yeah, well, don't thank me. Every time you come here for some cockamamie information, somebody jumps you and knocks your head in. Not this time. I'm investigating the death of Willie Rich. The jockey? What's Monica Moore got to do with that? I don't know. Maybe nothing. It's just that Monica's stepdaughter disappeared the same day Willie Rich was murdered. I'm trying to find out who killed Willie and locate the girl. You should live so long. I was nursing a beer in my digs a little later, and I was flipping through the entertainment section of the local sheet, wondering how I was going to kill the evening when I came across the ad. Charnock, tonight. Wilshire Playhouse, 8 o'clock. There was a picture of Charnock on the wall in the playhouse lobby. He looked young, tall, dark, and handsome. The lights dimmed and a chunky, broad-shouldered man dressed in white came out of the wings and sat down at the organ. Then the spotlight came on and Charnock appeared. He wasn't young like the picture in the lobby, around 50. His eyes were dark and tense, his voice mellifluous, Lewis, and he knew how to use it. Didn't waste a word. He knew where the money was. The large audience was still and attentive. When the lecture was over, I got out as fast as I could. I waited near the alley where I could watch the back entrance. A big black limousine was parked there, a burly, tough-looking driver behind the wheel. In a few minutes, Charnock came out, got into the car, and it started forward. As it slowly passed by, I saw there was a passenger in the back seat. A female passenger, none other than Monica Clayton. So, Charnock and Monica and Willie Rich and Pam Clayton. Two here and two gone. I was getting another one of those feelings. Didn't like it much. It felt like murder. With more to come.
0: You are listening to Mutual's presentation of The Zero Hour. Your Heart Association presents Stiller and Mira.
1: Honey, I'm going to test you. hmm Now, if you have high blood pressure, what are the things you should do?
2: Watch your weight. Right. Follow your doctor's instructions on,
3: um, uh, on, um, smoking.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, take your medicine. Good. Mm, get plenty of rest. Terrific. Hey, honey, let's stay home tonight, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... Exercise, but uh, don't overdo it. Right. We'll stay home tonight, okay? <laughs> okay? Um, <laughs> yeah, and you got to rest before you get tired, right? Exactly. So we'll stay home tonight, okay? Okay, we'll stay home tonight. Terrific. Hey, wait a minute. What?
6: You don't happen to have high blood pressure, do you?
1: Me? Of course not. I have my checkup at the doctor. I'm terrific. And I made an appointment for you. Why? Because I love you. And... Only a doctor can tell.
5: Another way
0: to protect your loved ones is to give to the Heart Fund. There was a time when the rivers, the earth, and the sky of America were pure. A time when the only American was the Indian. Today, America is suffering from pollution, but the problem isn't hopeless. We can protect the natural beauty of America if you get involved. Something as simple as using the fuel rated most efficient for the engine of your car, or planting trees to help purify the air and prevent soil erosion, or starting a compost heap instead of burning leaves or trash. People start pollution. People can stop it. This message has been brought to you on behalf of Keep America Beautiful and this station. Tomorrow at this time,
4: rest your eyes and listen here to this week's continuing study in suspense, The Princess Stakes Murder. I'm Rod Sterling, and this is The Zero Hour. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. You have been listening to The Zero Hour, a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System in association with
2: Hollywood Radio Theater, heard every weekday at this time. Rod Serling is your host. Zero Hour is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. The Hollywood Radio Theater theme was played by Ferranti and Teicher and is now available on United Artists Records and Tapes. Hugh Douglas speaking. Tune in tomorrow and once again, rest your eyes
4: and listen here to The Zero Hour.
0: This is the रहा है हिंदी सिनेमा का सबसे बड़ा ब्लॉक्बस्टर तो माकेदार होगा एंटर्टेन्मेंट जब करन जोहर, आयश्मान खुराना और मनीष पॉल होस्ट करेंगे फिल्म फेयर की शानदार